Hi, I'm John. And I'm Paul. And this is the Minute Podcast. If you give a mouse a cookie, I'm pretty sure he'd write a book. But give us 60 seconds of footage and we'll tell you where to look. With a concept this simplistic, it's hard to say if it'll last. But give us just a minute and we'll give you a podcast. The Minute Podcast. Alright, thanks for joining us for another episode. As you probably know by now, the Minute Podcast is a weekly conversation between John and myself where we review a listener-submitted minute of content, either from a TV show, movie, or somewhere else on the internet, and we uh, talk about it, try to figure out what's going on. John, what are we looking at today? Uh, Today we're looking at the intro of Zardoz, uh, or the opening to Zardoz, uh, a movie. Yes. (laughs) Excellent. And this week's episode is brought to you by NatureBox. Sign up for this snack delivery service, and each week you'll receive a selection of premium snacks. White cheddar caramel sticks, sriracha roasted rocks, vanilla moss power clusters, and Big Island pineapple. If you're trying to keep healthier snacks in the new year, then you should use the other NatureBox. This one is mostly rocks. NatureBox.com slash MinutePod for a 20% discount on your first box of stuff that you can find in the woods covered in flavor powder today. Uh, yeah. Like a box of rocks. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, Paul, what is your level of familiarity with, I was about to say Cool World, but we're not discussing Cool World. We're discussing Zardoz. What's your fam- level of familiarity with Zardoz here? You know, interestingly, it is about the same as my level of understanding of Cool World was, <laughs> which is to say pretty low. I-, I thought I knew more about it than I do. Um, it- I understand it's that movie where Sean Connery's wearing that weird outfit, but apparently that's all I knew about it. What about you, John? Yeah, I I think I knew that it was post-apocalyptic, and I'm intimately acquainted with the Sean Connery poster. Um, Hmm. uh, (laughs) That was a concerned grunt. Uh, But yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, I I feel like describing the poster anymore, although you should look it up along with this clip. This clip is fantastic. Uh, yeah, it'll be attached to the, to the description in the show notes. Um, I, I think like those things together sort of, uh, you know, make up my mind on what I know about Zardoz, but like, I have to admit, I know nothing about the actual plot. Okay, great. Well, a quick intro to the scene then. We, uh, the scene opens on the shot of a giant stone head, which we believe to be Zardoz, uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, there's a crowd of men and horses surrounding this large head. The head appears to speak to the crowd for the majority of the clip, vomit up some things that we'll talk about, and then the crowd sort of comes <laughs> up, collects the vomited items, and runs off. Yep. All right. That works. Uh, so... Uh, let's do a script read, Paul, because uh, okay. I I love all of the dialogue in this. It, it's, it's worthy of a read, yeah. So do yeah. you want to be um, Zardoz then? Yes, I'll, I'll be Zardoz, and uh, you be the crowd? I'll be the crowd of men and horses, sure. Okay, uh, I better fucking hear those forces, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. To kill the brutals who multiply and are legions. To this end, Zardoz, your god, gave you the gift of the gun. The gun is good. Yay. The gun is good. Yay. The penis is evil. The penis shoots seeds and makes new life to poison the earth with a plague of men. 
as once it was, but the gun shoots death and purifies the earth of the filth of brutals. Go forth and kill. Yay! Hooray! Hooray! Yay! Zardoz has spoken. Yay! Hooray! Yay! John, that was excellent foley work. How were you doing the voice just now? Uh, that was uh, that was uh, that was on the cuff. I was like, oh boy, oh, I wonder what would happen if I just talked with my hands cupped in front of my face. Uh, I was influenced by I, I saw an amazing band last night where they had uh, what was it? Um, toilet plungers as mutes, and like I know what a mute huh. looks like on like a trombone or something, but this was quite obviously like a toilet plunger with like the the wooden stem taken off and he was he was just using that and and it kind of made me think like i feel like i i'd totally be one of the musicians if i was a trombone player professionally rather than just you know in my dreams Mm -hmm. uh i would totally be the guy who would forget his mute at home after like practicing or something like that so then i'd have to go out to the hardware store and just be like i bet you a plunger would just work fine right (laughs) like and then finding out it does, and then just, like, never having to, you know, use anything else. Well, John, what was your reaction <laughs> uh, to what we've just seen here? What's, what's your first take on the minute? Uh, so, my first take on the minute is, uh, boyo, is that a big head? Uh, True. And uh, I love... So I love everything about like the set design in this. I think, I think that's really what I take from this, is, like, it's a giant uh, head... That is presumably of Zardoz. So it's a giant mm. head. And he's uh, talking to the people through this head. Maybe. Maybe. And then all of the people also seem to have, like, uh, masks or head coverings that happen to also look just like this mountain. And uh, I think I think those are the things that I really like about this because it, it sort of tells a story about these people. Like it, it tells a story like they are like connected to this sculpture in a very visible way. Like it's like how do you express that somebody's connected? to Oh yeah, you just like plaster them with it's like uh, what is it branding or or loot or swag? <laughs> swag, yeah, cult swag is something we haven't talked about enough on the show yet. But yeah. since you did mention the massive stone head that we believe to be Zardoz, let's start. Uh, let's talk about it. How tall do you think the head is, John? So, I think it's ridiculous. So, like, I don't. I really, uh, I like a world where this is actually a giant defaced mountain out in the middle of nowhere that oh, they that they, would be fun that yeah. they defaced for this movie. Um, and that, like, you know, a thousand years from now, ancient man is also worshipping this giant defaced mountain, uh, in the way that they'll probably also be worshipping, like, you know, uh, Mount Rushmore, <laughs> other famous <laughs> face mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I think it, it's probably, like, matted into the background, right? Like, a photo of, like, a larger thing. But you see, we're, I think this is actually a real prop. I think we, we disagree on the scale a little bit here, but I think okay. we have like a, a foam henge situation. You know how okay. out in West Virginia they have Stonehenge recreated in foam? Yes. I, I think yeah. that's basically what's <laughs> happening here. I think it's a massive foam head. Why does West Virginia get all the cool stuff? Uh-huh. <laughs> like yep. Mountaintop removal <laughs> and <laughs> Pretty crushing cool. poverty and unemployment numbers. 
<laughs> but they also get Fomenge, so. Well, which is which is pretty great. Um, yep. So, massive stone foam head, um, somewhere between 30 plus feet high. I think we can agree on that. To minimum, yeah. it's supposed to be that high. At the um, very least. With, with the craziest eyes I've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like you were about to break into song, Paul. <laughs> well, uh, no. No. <laughs> not a, that's not this one. No. Uh, but it, it, it does look like the eyes are... Um, encrusted with diamonds or something similar right yeah i I like the diamond idea a lot because like when i first saw it i thought it might have been like light coming from it but it like since it's daylight that wouldn't make a lot of sense Mm. um because like you wouldn't really be able to see it like it just looked like the eyes are slightly brighter than the rest of it it wouldn't look like literally like glowing eyes in the middle of the day right so i i do think i think diamonds that's that's a perfect idea and it fits with the whole geo geological motif that they're going with there well that is true it would be good to watch the um actual film or at least some different lighting situations in the film and maybe we could learn more about how his eyes actually yeah work. this is definitely going on the list by the way like i oh for, for I actually wanna, watching i want to see this li- i want to see this movie yeah probably will too but uh, but before we jump off of the massive head entirely I want to talk about the internal workings of the head. And before we can do that, <laughs> I I mentioned in the quick intro, vomiting. So yes. what we actually have here is the Zardoz head, at the end of the minute, vomiting guns out of its mouth. Yes. So uh, I guess that's why everybody's yay hooraying at the end. Zardoz has spoken and then Zardoz has vomited. But yeah. He gives everybody kind of internal... the death penises. So. I can't argue with that. Um, but... <laughs> What kind of internal mechanism do you think we're dealing with that allows this massive head to puke guns? Um, so I, like, I, I think, well, it sounds like water, right? Like when they first start, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of, now I'm kind of thinking like, is there maybe like a hydraulic like mechanism that's a part of this? Yeah. Like, could they be held up in, like, the top of the head, and then there's, like, a little, like, water dam or something like that, and then there's, like, a sort of, like, like a, like a luge, a luge that, that carries the guns down? We don't see a lot of water in the actual film, though, do we? Well, not, not in this minute, anyway. No. No. Yeah, I'm thinking it, it might be, um, as you've described, it might be a little simpler even, or I don't know if this is simpler, but just an elevator situation where it sort of raises up from underground a bunch of guns and dumps them into the mouth. Yeah. But I do, I do case... like the lever, like, you know, mm. the sort of like dump truck, like it just like, cause that's kind of how it looks. Right. I imagine that's probably how they got the props to do that. Right. It's probably true, but I wonder what it's supposed to be in universe. But either way, it's interesting that we hear the guns coming. So it's not like we're supposed to think he's just spawning guns in his mouth and you know, I mean, shooting that, them out. that we know of. I, I suppose I suppose that could go into our prediction side of things. Yeah, I think I think it should. But the other thing for me, mm-hmm. uh, where it comes to the Zardoz head, is are, are we anticipating a, a PA system to exist, or what? What do you think in the movie is supposed to be happening? There's clearly a PA system at play. I mean, could it be possibly just really good head acoustics, like? That would be some, really cool. Some guy standing in the back of the throat, or it could be a PA system. I, I think I think that depends on what you think overall the the world of Zardoz is. Who the world of Zardoz? I had chills when you said that. <laughs> um, because like I think like if this is like 
a left like like a high tech thing that just so mm-hmm. happens to be interacting with these you know uh savage future people then maybe it is like a mechanical thing or if this is literally like some weird you know magic thing then maybe it's magic like i i don't know i don't know why magic guy would need a bunch of guns but you you know Zardoz, so. <laughs> it's a good explanation for anything, you know, Zardoz. You know, uh, well, because you, you mentioned, Zardoz. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned the outfits that folks are wearing earlier. Yes. Um, for me, there's, there's two main points. There's the actual outfits, and then there's the face covering, mask, helmet things. Um, do you want to tell us about one of those, and I'll do the other? Yeah, yeah. So the outfits themselves are uh, bright red there every all all of the outfits are are red with the exception of the masks mm-hmm. um the outfits themselves are all like very very saturated red color like mm, yeah uh unnaturally so obviously um and they are wearing leg warmers yeah uh boy shorts yep and uh twin bandoliers crossed across their their chests so like uh that makes up like the standard outfit that every Zardas worshipper maybe wears. Zardinian, I think. Zar- Zardinian, yeah. I think is the technical term. Zardoznian. That sounds Eastern European somehow. I don't know. It's true. Huh. Don't wanna yeah. Okay. So before we, we jump into criticizing these outfits, we should we should also talk about the head coverings, which as you mentioned earlier mimic the Zardoz head. Um, yes. they, they look the same, same big hair, same big beard. But what's interesting, two things. First, some of them seem to be masks that some are wearing on the front or some have spun around to the back, but mm-hmm. some are also helmets. So it's an inconsistency there. Yeah. I wonder, and but by helmets, I just mean front and back. They're not like bike helmets or anything. But I'm I wonder, just thinking does, this. Do you think that that's mm, possible, like a ranking? Or do you think that Zardoz I was about to ask that, yeah. Don't, Zardoz peoples don't like have rankings they just have like oh well you know i like this helmet or this one doesn't really fit on my head the right way i think they must have rankings of some kind because at least in this minute before all the other guns come out some have spears and some have guns some have horses and some don't that's true so i think maybe not rankings exactly but maybe they're different roles yeah that makes sense yeah uh yeah like uh, i'm the spear guy (laughs) i have my helmet (laughs) on my back at the back of my head Mm -hmm. just to Um, help identify yeah. Which sect you're rolling with. Um, but l- let's talk about the effectiveness of these outfits overall, John. Starting with the masks, they look to be some th- sort of thin plastic or like, um, God, I'm forgetting the word, like plaster castings. They yeah, don't look plaster. very, they don't look very um, durable. No, they don't look like they're helmets in the way that like one would want to protect one's head. Especially rather... if you're, if you're going out and murdering the brutals. Yes. But rather helmets in like the fashion sense of the word, yeah. <laughs> you know, all those fashion helmets people wear. They're coming um, back. Yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah, they do look. I like. I bet you, for the purposes of this movie, it would make sense that they were like plaster bandage and then like painted white. Yeah, I just I don't buy them as something that would be. I don't know. I'm torn because they're intimidating. If I saw a band of guys coming up wearing those, it would be scary. But yeah. I would, but I would still try to hit them in the head, right? It would, it wouldn't be yeah. like, oh no, they 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 have this scary impenetrable <laughs> helmet on. It'd be like they're wearing shit on their head. I'm still gonna try to hit them there. That's true, unless like, um, 
Zardoz has imbued them with magic, oh. uh, you know, deflection power. Would, so, are, John, are you saying these are these are plus one helmets of deflection? Yeah, of deflection, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, good. Good. Or they're just there to look wicked. Well, it could also be that because uh, they've got that like the the snaggly teeth and the and the and the big grimace. Like they are like scary. Just looking. constantly screaming Zardoz, basically. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the the rest of the outfits that they're wearing, John. For me, the whole thing is a little. It's silly. But the bandoliers might be the most silly thing. True. The bandoliers not, are weird. The empty bandoliers also. It's not clear that they have enough guns to have everyone need to carry this much ammunition. It's not clear what the benefit is of storing all that ammunition in bandoliers instead of, like, yeah. a bag. Well, I think we start getting into, like, like you know, our... our, our, our guesses on terms of like what what this is about and like wh- where these people what these people are doing because um the bandoliers are all one size and yet we see yeah. guns flying out of this mouth that are not in any way like related to these bandoliers so it's like true. We, we yeah we see some shotguns come out we see some automatic rifles of some kind we're clearly yeah. not gun guys some but... 22s which do not need bandoliers you just need like a pocket <laughs> Yeah, and, and it looks to me more or less like the bandoliers would hold shotgun shells. I mean, something pretty big, right? Yeah, or, I mean, like, they look like, like they could carry, like, a large caliber, like, rifle around. Some, but, like, something big. Yeah. It, but it seems like none of them are carrying any large rifle. I don't know. It, it's, they're weird bandoliers. I think they're just, they could just be aesthetically bandoliers, and that, in fact, like, inside of them is just, like, pixie stick dust. Um, so, are you... Are you saying, John, that they're storing all this ammunition in their boy shorts? Yeah, probably. I mean, like, I don't know what types of ammunition I personally would put in my boy shorts, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Go uh, on. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, like a 20, 22 round probably could go in there, but, like, I don't know if I want, like, <laughs> anything much larger than that. Uh, and I'd also make sure it's not pointed in certain directions, but... Uh, so, yeah. back to the outfits, John. Um... <laughs> I'm just thinking, these look like horribly uncomfortable outfits to ride horses in. Yeah. You ever ride a horse in boy shorts? Um, <laughs> no. Well, let me tell you. Uh, yeah. You it do... looks uncomfortable. I don't know, you have no cushion on your legs at all. You might end up in... Well, they seem, they seem like rather padded boy shorts. I mean, like... Do they? I don't know. Don't, don't they seem a little bit thicker? Like then, like you know, all right. Well, Listen, listening right. audience, they, we they actually we need kind you of to look s- like like mm. leather thickness, so like like canvas or something. I wouldn't have said so. Okay, oh, listeners, really? we need we need you to zoom in on these boy <laughs> on shorts, the boy shorts, and let us know what you think they're made out of. I'm trying to find a good like butt shot. Oh, you're right; they are kind of like you know form fitting. <laughs> yes, if you've seen the picture of Sean Connery, yes, yeah, you absolutely will know true. they um, are form fitting. So yeah, I yeah no, I can't imagine that that's very comfortable for very long. No, I wouldn't think. Well, John, can we talk a little bit about the use of extras in this film? <laughs> yes, of course we can. Because it it seems to me that they could have used a few more. Yeah, it it does seem like they're implying a greater number of uh, worshippers uh, than there actually is. 
Uh, I kind of wonder if they're split between heads, because if this is, like, the head that gives you guns, maybe there's other people over at the head that gives you bandoliers and boy shorts. Oh, that could be good. Is there, like, a third head that gives you, like, food and regular things? (laughs) Oh, the horse head. Yeah. The horse head. And it's just, it's just like, Zardoz has spoken, and then it just barfs out a bunch of horses. (laughs) (laughs) Would you say that he vomits up more guns than there are people in the scene, though? Uh, yes. He vomits up, like, like 15 guns to a person. And, it, it seems to be, yeah. And that seems convenient because everybody seems to only have a spear, with the exception of, like, a one guy who has a rifle. So, Which, which is weird for me for a number of reasons. I mean, first, the lack of extras might have been why the yay hooray is so pathetic and kind of quiet. Um, yes. So that was accurate, what I did in the script read. But um, I completely forgot the next thing i was gonna say so never mind okay well good i i like i see a guy he's got like a revolver there's a bunch of guys with like shotguns uh there's a guy with an automatic rifle with like some sort of like hunting rifle yeah no there's just a bunch of random guns here and like they're they all just take one and walk away and i'm like no like first off you need ammo for that like right Do they come loaded? It's a good question. I guess. Well, God, I hope not. Like, that impact alone when they hit the It does the seem ground. dangerous, a pile of loose guns. Yeah, but John, like, Zardoz would just kill his own worshippers then. Well, he might. We don't know much about him. That's true. We don't. That does remind me of what I was going to say, John, is that you mentioned that not too many of the people had guns before. Most of them seem to have had spears. But then why do all the outfits contain bandoliers at all? Huh. I think they may just be decorative, which is weird. That's absolutely true. The bandoliers may just be decorative. Maybe they've seen like a lot of Western movies and thought that was cool looking, or or maybe so they so ju- they died. Maybe Zardoz just just shoots out like barfs out bandoliers every once in a while, and they're like, well, I guess I guess he wants us to wear these. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, in reality, he actually wanted them to wear their regular clothes with the bandoliers on top. Like, it kind of reminds me of the hat situation, you know, the helmet situation. You're like, maybe there's, like, an employee handbook that has, like, a number of recommended looks for Zardoz worshippers. Oh, yeah. And the helmet is where you really get to express your individuality. (laughs) So, (laughs) like, put your flair. Exactly. So they're like, oh, yeah, no, uh, I I like to wear my helmet in the back of my head (laughs) rather than as a mask in the front of my head. Mm. Um,. So, like, you know, that that's the options that you get as a Zardoz worshiper. But, uh, boy, are you, uh, are you fucked if you don't have a bandolier crossed across your chest. <laughs> Both of them, yeah. You'll well, get ridden up instantly, and then probably shot in the face. But, like, most likely ridden up first. Well, we don't know what their um, disciplinary policies are. If anybody has the <laughs> Zardinian handbook, we would really like to see it. Yes, it would be very yeah. good. So well, when when I think about these guys, Paul, I want to know like what sort of like like we what do you think this world is like? Is it a post apocalyptic world? So are are you asking me for my full theory on how we got here? Or I think this? so. I think I think I'm asking you for your full theory now. I think that's okay. a good good place to go. So I think it is a post apocalyptic world. Um, I'm not sure if it was nuclear war or something else that led us here, but given the amount of destruction and sort of barrenness that we see in this minute anyway, could be Mm -hmm. nuclear war. Um, I think we're in a two-faction kind of scenario. We know we've got the Zardinians, and they mentioned the Brutals, so two factions. Uh, I think the Zardinians are a 
clearly a, an anti-procreation, anti-penis cult of some kind. I, first of all, I don't know why they're so specific to the penis as penis. opposed to being anti-procreation. I don't know what their deal is exactly. They're all men. Yeah. I don't know. Yes, that's true. They are all men. I forget. We forgot to mention that the crowd is all men. So yeah. presumably that means... Do you think that this is a world without very many women? Well, you could understand why women wouldn't want to be involved in the Zardinian cult. I don't know. Um... <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like I feel like if we're in a post-apocalyptic, like, tribal sort of sense, and you mm-hmm. have a cult of people that are anti, uh, like, procreation, I feel like at the end of the day, like, if they're anti-penis and not anti, like, I don't know, womb or, you know... Right. Ovaries or something like that. Then, like, why wouldn't you be on board with that? Like, I mean, it seems like you get ammunition. You get a nice, like, you know, outfit. Uh, obviously, they're living some way. Like, uh, I feel like it'd be a pretty good gig for women. Because, like, you know, then there's no way of, like, uh, turning on you as, like, you know, having a penis and stuff. Like, all the men might if you suddenly start, I don't know, thinking with your penis. You know, the gender dynamics of the film Zardoz are... <laughs> Potentially fascinating. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll really uh, have to see. But if, if there's an article or something on it, I'd be interested in reading it. You can find it on JSTOR. Um, Probably. Yeah. So so I think this is clearly some sort of murder cult. I think it's led by a real person who's pretending to be Zardoz. And I think the Zardoz head, I think there's only the one. Mm-hmm. But I think it's on top of like a bunker or military base or something where they just have all this equipment stored. Yeah. And I think it's led by a guy who is, for some reason, very anti-procreation. Maybe he's an environmentalist of some kind who's trying to, like, go population zero, which it looks like they don't have that many people already, so that doesn't make a lot of sense. Maybe he's just self-conscious about his own impotence. (laughs) Yeah. So so, so I don't know. I, I think that's how we got here. I think Sean Connery is hired by the survivors, the Brutals, who I think are not brutal, but normal people just in a town somewhere. Yeah, like they just so normals. happen to love penises. Well, uh, little column A. Um, and th- so then Sean Connery's hired by them to come in and take out this cult, and I think he probably does it. All right. So, Which s- sounds like a movie. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think it does. It kind of sounds like Seven Samurai-esque. Yeah, not unlike it, except one. Except with just one, one, one guy. Connery. He's not a samurai and he's dressed in like a red mankini. But other than that, the single Scotsman, basically the same film. Yeah. Um well, yeah, John, what 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 do you what do you think? Uh so I think that this is this is definitely a post-apocalyptic world. I yep. think that they might be like a like a sort of like reverse shaker cult. Uh like the Shakers being, you know, an American religious organization that focused on work rather than procreation. John, I I know nothing about the Shakers at all, but let me call up my buddy who does. Okay, so the Shakers, they were a religious organization that started in the late 18th century. Um, and they were originally called like the Shaking Quakers because they were kind of an offset or an offshoot group uh, of the Quakers. That were happening um, started in England and then you know immigrated well slash colonized into America uh, starting in the 1760s. But what you need to know about the Shakers is that their big heyday was basically from like mm, 1820 to 1860, 
And what you've probably heard about them is into relationship to several things. Uh, one, furniture, two, music, and three, celibacy. So one, furniture, the easy one. So you may have seen like Shaker Furniture. Later, they were known as this kind of agri- like agricultural and industrial group. They kind of create these mini communities or like faux utopian societies, often with very like simplistic but well-made furniture that was done for both internal um, and commerce that moved out throughout the their like as they interacted with other economic bodies. Okay, so two is music. So they're most known for their songs. So thus their religious and their worshiping practices often had like songs that they would create that at first was really chaotic and kind of um, surreal to watch for a lot of early Americans. However, it became really stylized throughout time. So if you know the classic song, like, tis a gift to be simple, tis a gift to be, like, that's that's the Shakers um, as one of their many songs that they created as kind of part of this kind of ritualistic uh, worshiping service they went through. And then three, celibacy. So everyone always says the Shakers stopped because they weren't making babies because they lived celibate. That's not what happened. The Shakers stopped because of Industrial Revolution. Essentially what happens is they were an agricultural rich area. They provided a lifestyle that meant a higher standard of living than most folks were having uh, in New England and then in the quote unquote Western, like Western areas like Kentucky and Ohio in the 1800s. So essentially they had a lot of people coming in there moving who had already had children. There was always a huge amount of children uh, in these Shaker communities that were happening because they had good education, they had access to apprenticeships, kind of gave good both health and access to food as well as economic uh, stability that wasn't happening really well. So essentially, once you have the Industrial Revolution, you don't really have a need for an agricultural-based kind of uh, security anymore, and therefore the Shakers end up being in decline. But the Shakers are still around today. There are currently three Shakers living in Maine, and I'd highly recommend to go check them out and learn more, and definitely check out a lot of really cool historic sites that tell you all about the Shakers. That was very informative. I, yeah, I did not know Lucy knew that much about the Shakers. Wow. Uh, well, I did, but... <laughs> that's because i i can't avoid her especially the shaker talk so (laughs) it it does come up a lot okay so now that we all know who the shakers are go on all right so uh what is this basically like uh you know this this group is obsessed with their work which happens to be killing brutals uh Mm -hmm. and that the brutals i think that this is a ploy to sort of, like, eradicate or lower the population of the Earth so that it can be, like, properly controlled. Okay. So, like, maybe... But, like, it's it's no longer working, is what I mean. Like, I think that this is a cult that founded around an automated thing. So I think that the Zardoz head and stuff is, like, you know, uh, like a horde of weapons that was made a long time ago, and it's, like, failed at, like, what it was supposed to do, which is to, like you know, lower the population enough to, like, uh, you know, maintain it. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas now I feel like they're, it's just automated, so they just go up to this head and, like, worship it and stuff, and it barfs out guns, and so it's just this, like, r- repeated thing. And I think that it might be, like, causing, you know, doing too good of a job at killing people, basically. I do like the idea of an automated robo-cult. Um, mm-hmm. It seems a little more Fallout 4 rather than an actual movie that yeah, would be made. Yeah, it seems but more I... like like a sci-fi short story rather than like an actual movie. I actually think that your idea is probably closer to where the actual movie goes. You know, it's probably closer, but I think your idea is more interesting, and I would be more intrigued by that film or game or book or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. All right, John. Well, based on what we know and our newfound knowledge about Shakers, can we recommend this film? Yes, Absolutely. 
I love every second of this minute. Like, uh, the giant barfing Zardoz head, the penis is evil, penis shoots seeds, makes new life on the earth and it, with a plague of men, as it, once mm-hmm. it was, blah, 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 blah. It's so good. Uh, how about you, Paul? What do you, what do you think about this minute? I think we can recommend it. We don't have very much to go off of. We know Sean Connery's in the film later, and we know this minute's a delight. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's probably pretty good. Watch the minute. If it doesn't throw you completely, I think you should watch the film. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty pumped about putting in the old VCR when I get home. What? Okay. <laughs> well, John, do you still have a VCR? Uh, I believe I do. Dang. Don't don't judge me. <laughs> I can't good. throw anything away. <laughs> well? Uh, well, I gotta watch RoboJock some way, man. Like, how am I... <laughs> How am I supposed I to get even... my my robot jacks on without VCRs? I don't even want to know what that sentence means. Okay. Okay. So... Somebody submit a minute for robot junk so Paul knows what it is. Well, okay. Thank you for joining us. Um, and a big thanks to Sam Bear for submitting this minute. We've done a couple of years recently. They've been good. Keep them coming. Yep. And a big thank you to our first ever guest expert i guess we'll call lucy so mm-hmm. thanks very much uh if you want to support the podcast you can always review us on itunes or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded you can reach out to us at the minute podcast at gmail.com follow us on twitter find us on facebook or on instagram very exciting about that mm-hmm. uh as always hosted by paul reberg and john ward produced by john ward theme music by paul reberg thank you and we'll see you next week goodbye Holy crap, you made it to the end, we'll be back next week to do it all again. Until then, be well and be sure to take a minute. The Minute Podcast.